Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. So I'm excited about this morning. I'm actually excited about this season, right? Because this is um, Passover, but um, we're, we're celebrating it as Palm Sunday. The reason we're doing that is because uh, the Jewish calendar is lunar, and the uh, um, calendar we go by now is solar, right? So, so, but what's really cool is sometimes they coincide and sometimes they don't. But what really matters is that when, not when we celebrate, but that we celebrate. And so it's really, really an honor to be able to celebrate Passover. But right now we're in Palm Sunday. And so a lot of us look at Palm Sunday and we're like, well, what is Palm Sunday? And so for me, I love Palm Sunday because my favorite cowboy hats are palm leaf. <laughs> and so I give thanks to God that I got palm leaf cowboy hats. Like I got this cowboy hat and like I've worn it in like almost every cult starting challenge. I even like wore it out of season at the national finals because I was like, I love this hat so much and I'll take the flat because this is my hat. It's a palm palm leaf hat and it reminds me uh of what jesus done for me and it reminds me of palm sunday when when jesus become the ultimate donkey whisperer you know he he become my hero now for my cowboy world or this week's there's a, a competition called the road to the horse and it's a colt starting competition and it's a big deal and so everyone's watching this and i think it's kind of ironic that this week we're going to talk about Jesus being the donkey whisperer, you know, and, and what he done on Palm Sunday, which is really cool, right? So let's pray. So you guys thought I forgot, didn't you? Father, thank you. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for loving us and being so kind and being so gracious and just being faithful to us. Thank you that you have set the times and the seasons, that you have given us these Moedim, these appointed times and these appointed feasts and festivals that symbolize you, symbolize who you are, and symbolize the work that you filled full and completed for us with your sacrifice on the cross and with your resurrection which we celebrate too. So, Father, thank you for your son, Jesus, and, and, and um, Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you. Speak through me in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to start off in Psalms 118, and I promise I'm going to try to be serious today. <laughs> you guys are laughing See, already laughing. You think that's funny, and I'm trying to be serious. Boy, so, like, well, I'm just trying to turn, turn the oi into joy, right? And so, so this can be a season of oi for a lot of people, right? With all the stuff that's going on in the world and all the stuff that goes around, 
And, and sometimes the enemy will try to bombard us from the outside and try to hit us from the outside because he can't get us from the inside, right? Ships don't sink because of what's outside them. They sink because of the water that gets inside them. So it's important for us to remember uh, as a family, as a church, as a people, as ourselves, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? That, that whatever's happening around us doesn't get in us. And we don't worry about what we can't control, but we trust the God who is in control and in charge of everything. And we stand on his promises and on his faithfulness and not worry about all the other stuff. Because that's all the enemy wants to do. Is he like, like hey, I'll get your focus. You know, I'll get this or I'll get that. And then pretty soon you're chasing all these things and you're losing your peace. Instead of focusing on, do you know what? This is what, what God's called me to, and it's peace, and it's rest, and it's hope, and it's provision, and it's all the things that He is. And so we get the opportunity to choose. I'm going to stay in you, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to watch, because there's a lot of weird stuff going on out in this planet, all over. And so I'm so thankful that we have Palm Sunday that that it actually was not called Palm Sunday. When they were getting ready for Palm Sunday, it was actually called Lamb Selection Day. Okay? So, and it starts over here in Exodus chapter 12. (laughs) And I'm trying not to preach and get into Passover too much. And it's really hard. (laughs) Because I'm excited about... Passover, and it's hard not to mix them both up, right? It's kind of, kind of like, um, like cookies and cream or cookies and ice cream, right? I thought I had this mark, but I didn't. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 12, and I got sticky pages, and I can't even lick my finger, <laughs> right? It's like, what is it like? I got a mask. Like, usually you can, like, it used to be kosher, right? It used to be cool. Like, if you, if you need to turn a page, you do that. Now I look at people that do that, and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm getting there. Trust me. Hold on. That'll teach me to mark my stuff better. And before I lose the other, see, I told you I'm organized. So, on um, Passover, is, this is where we get Passover from. And so Passover is not just a, a holiday that they thought they would, they would just invent. So here's what's so cool about God. God is so powerful and so in control and has it so organized that he knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. And he's so solid on everything that, that he does, that he in his wisdom was talking about what happened before it happened. When we look in, in the story of the Passover and we look in Exodus, what we're really seeing as we're coming up to Palm Sunday is God is prophesying and he's talking. We even seen him talking about it in Genesis 15 where he made a covenant. He was telling him, hey, this is what's going to happen. So he knows. And so this is something that can give us comfort in this season is, God knows. Like, so you'll be freaking out, man. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And I don't know. And God comes on and says, hey, I, I know the end of this story. 
I know the end of your story. I know you're going to be just fine if you'll just trust me. And that's why we can trust him because like we're, we might be here, but he's already been to our future. He already knows what it's been. And he was with us in the past too. And you're like, well, I can't do this because you don't know. And God's like, I know, but I covered it with the blood of the sacrifice lamb. And now go live and be present. What happens when, when we get into this um, looking in the past, we end up thinking, oh man, that didn't work out and this didn't work out and I blew it here and I blew it there and then pretty soon we're depressed. Any, am I the only one who's ever done that? Man, if I'd have just made that last obstacle. If I'd have just not bent down like that, man. You know, if, I'd have, if I wouldn't have done this or I wouldn't have done that, and then you get to living in it. So really what you're doing is you're time traveling, right? They, they think it's like you have to go to back to the future or something like that uh, or get this time machine. But we have the greatest time machine, and it's called our mind. And so much of the time we travel back in our mind, we get in this spaceship and, we, and it's like, I don't know if we say beam me up Scotty or what, but we don't even have to because we're so good we can just go back there. And if we're not careful, we can live there. Right? And God hasn't called us to live in the past. Right? He said, I am. He didn't say I was. Right? He, he was, but he's a great I am. He's also the great I'm going to be, right? Because he's all, already in our future. But when we start living in the past, we're not going to get to where God wants us to be because we're living in a whole different time zone. Do you hear what I'm talking about? So like if, if you say, okay, Pastor James, church starts at 945 on Sunday morning. I was like, great, I'll be there. So 945 rolls around here and I'm not here. Because I'm like, well, you didn't tell me which 945, because in Hawaii, it's not 945 yet. And you're like, well, wait a second, but we didn't say then, we said now. And I'm like, yeah. Or maybe it was 945 on the East Coast, and I come up here early, and never, nobody's here, and I'm like, what, what's going on? Right, what am I doing? I'm living in the past. Or I'm living in the future that I can't do nothing about. And that's what we're doing in our mind is we're time traveling, right? We're going back. And too much of the time we live in that, right? And so we're, we're living in this heartache or we're living in this sorrow or we're living in this, this hurt. And here we have people that are slaves. Like they've got 400 years of slavery. Like they, they couldn't remember their, their, their history that they could remember was all slavery. They didn't remember that Joseph saved Egypt. They didn't remember that God made a promise to Abraham and he told Abraham this would happen. Right? But you get into this this rut in our lives where we're living just day to day to day and we're being bombarded and life really is hard. You know, we see the story of, of the Exodus and the story of them leaving Egypt. But what about those generations who never saw the promise? And then they get in their mind, well, this never happened to them. That never happened to them. Look, they died. They didn't get the promise. They didn't see what God had for them. So I guess if that happened to this and this and this, 
400 years of that. And their mindset totally become, well, we're just slaves. We're just common. We're just ordinary. So it took something extraordinary to break them free. And it took something so great. It, it, was, it was just with a, with a great outstretched arm and with mighty works, God delivered them, right? And that's what he's done with us too through Yeshua or Jesus, our Messiah. So we have hope now. But as, as I was thinking of Passover, these people are ready to go. But, but here, Moses is trying to get them free. And they're like, yeah, we'll just go back. Because sometimes when you start to get free, sometimes the enemy's like, you know what, I'll just make it harder on them, and then they'll go back where I want. Sometimes we think we, we're, we're going and we're stepping and we're doing the right thing, and then all of a sudden it starts getting harder, and we're like, oh, I can't, I can't go on because it's just too hard. That's what, so I'll just go back to Egypt. And so our mind, we can't get in that mindset. Where, where, well, I'm going to go back to this because I'll never be here. we got to say, you know what? God promised me this. And so guess what? I'm going to live in his promise on who he says that I am. Not who I think I am. Not where I'm at. If he says that, that I'm whole, I'm whole. If he says that, that I'm provided for, I'm provided for. I don't care what my bank account says. I don't care what, what, not that I don't like accountants. I love accountants. I love money people. Thank God for them. Right? But, but I'm going to trust and live in what God says and watch what he does and not go back to this time travel. I didn't call us to be time travelers back. He's like, I want you to live in the now. I'm the great I am. I want to be present with you. Do you know why we call it the presence of God? Because he's present. Ever talk to somebody? Like, like I'm sure I do it all the time when I preach because people are like, oh, look, a bird. <laughs> Playing. Oh, Superman. No. No, but they're, no, I'm kidding. But you go somewhere and you're talking to someone and you're just like trying to explain something to them and they're just like, not there. Right? Because <clears throat> they're not present. Like, they're, they can be so worried uh, about something in the past, or they can be anxious and worried about something in the future. And a lot of us are like that, too. We don't know what the future holds. And so we're like, we get all these imaginations. And you know what's funny is most of those things that we think are going to go wrong don't go like we thought they would. And we wasted all this time and all this energy worrying and anxious about something that didn't happen. But sometimes we can worry so much that we actually drive to the thing that we're worried about happening. And our worrying brings us to that spot. Right? Like someone's like, well, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my job. So they're walking around not doing their job, worried about losing their job. And then the boss is like, you know what? You're fired. Get out of here. What happened? Was it why if they would have instead quit worrying about their job and stayed present and done their job, they wouldn't have got fired. So God's practical and how he created us and how he created the universe is practical. But, 
the most practical thing we can do is stay present. And that's what God's trying to get with them. He's like, hey, I don't need you to run way back here and live here. And I don't want you to run way out here because you ain't going to believe where we're going, boys. <laughs> right? It's going to get western. We're going to, like, part the Red Sea, and there's going to be, like, Egyptians chasing us, and it's going to be pretty western. So, like, sometimes we should be pretty thankful he doesn't show us everything. Amen. Right? Because it would freak <laughs> us out. But it doesn't mean that he's not in us, and it doesn't mean when you're stuck against the Red Sea and it looks like it's not opening, and the Egyptians are coming on your heels, and it looks like you're going to get destroyed. It doesn't mean that God called you and put you there or didn't. He will make a way just as he promised because he's faithful. And we can trust him and we know that he's a great, great God. And so it starts, we got Lamb Selection Day. And so it starts out, what would happen, let me read the Read the um, scripture so you just don't think I'm making something up. Not that I ever would make a story up. <laughs> Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 says this. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. So now we celebrate it as Nisan, but pre-Babylonian days they celebrate it as a bib. So tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, each one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people they are. You are to determine the amount of the lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be a year old must be year old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month, when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lamb. And then that same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread with the, made without yeast. Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself if I'm not careful. So I got I to gotta go back in the past. <laughs> After telling you we're not going to go back in the past. You know what's cool is we can time travel in the Bible, too. We can go back to, a, to another day. That's what Passover is about. It's about we're, we're going to recline, but we're going to celebrate this as if we were in slavery, getting ready to come out. We went into that dinner in slavery, but when we leave, we're going to walk out free men. So here they would take a lamb on the 10th of Nisan, and they would select it. So this is the day that we call Palm Sunday. Now you're like, well, what a coincidence it is on the same day that Jesus would be going through town, right? Isn't that kind of funny? But in Zechariah 9.9, let's see if I marked it right. I did. Thank you, Jesus. So there's a prophecy in Zechariah that says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Zion. See your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation. 
gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, what a coincidence, right? Now, how in the world did, did Zechariah know this? Because he saw Jesus, the Messiah, and he said, hey, your Messiah is coming, and when you see him riding on a donkey, rejoice, because your salvation is coming. But guess what? These were people, this was a hard time, right? They weren't even in control. They didn't have their kings anymore. And it was just by the grace of God that they had the temple still in place. And then the temple was having to be, um, they had to make all kinds of compromises with that just to keep operating. And so this nation of of Israel was taken over and it was occupied. And they literally, they they were like... um, they were kind of like slaves in some ways. So they, there was many of them that hated this, and they hated the oppression, and they hated being, being like, um, stuck with this. And then they'd get these rulers that were part Jewish or, or part of their nation, and they would, would be co- so cozied up that they didn't care about the people. They cared more about what they were doing. And so it was a hard time for them. And they longed to be free and they longed for the Messiah and they looked for a Messiah who was going to come and a Messiah who maybe would be like on the Maccabees who set, set them free, right? Who took back the temple. They, they cried out for a great ruler and a great leader. So they're looking for this dude to ride in on a donkey, right? It's like, man, I'd pick a different thing than a donkey. You ever ride a donkey? I... I trim and chew donkeys a lot and mules. I still trim some donkeys. Good Lord. They got a mind of their own. So I'd have been like, so you might be wanting to go here. And they're like, here, here, here. No, so I just pretend I want to go that way. And then I know they'll go that way. Right? So, but here he's going to ride in on a donkey. And so we come to Lamb Selection Day. And this is a day where they select the lamb. This is the 10th of, of Abib, or the 10th of Nisan. And so they're going in to select, and a lot of them would run the sheep down through Jerusalem. And then they would go to a place, and then they could pick their lamb out. And they'd take their lamb, and they would name it Fluffy. <laughs> they'd name it Pookie, Buttercup. And they would live with this lamb. And they would love this lamb because when that lamb was sacrificed, they wanted them to feel the sacrifice of losing something that meant something to them. Right? So they would get this lamb and they would take it. And so as these people are gathering, here comes Jesus. And let me read to you the story. It's called the Triumphal Entry. But it says this, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Okay, time out. So here he's coming into town, and he's like, like, dude, I want you to go to this house, and you'll find a donkey and her colt. I want you to untie them and bring them to me. Okay, time out. If I have my horse tied up, 
and someone comes and says, oh, by the way, I'm taking your, your unbroke colt. What are you going to do with it? When are you bringing it back? I mean, come on. But it wasn't uncommon back then for if a rabbi needed something, that he would just go and he'd ask and he'd say, hey, why do you need it? Because the, the master, the rabbi, needs use of it. So they'd be like, okay, here. So that's why it was so much easier for them to just take it, right? If anyone says anything to you, tell them the Lord needs them, them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey that I just read in Zechariah 9.9. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed. You know what I found out? A lot of times if Jesus instructs me something to do, if I just go and do what he instructed me to do, it works out. Right? When I get lost in in things that I shouldn't do, well, I don't know, Jesus, I shouldn't just go up to this dude and grab his donkeys. Like, they still hang them here. Haven't you seen Clint Eastwood or John Wayne movies? It just ain't cool. Right? But they had the confidence to do just as Jesus done. And that's good news, right? So they brought the donkey, the colt, Excuse me, man. And placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to David. Hosanna to the son of David. Okay, so now watch this. Here they are. They know. They've read Psalms 118. And I'm going to read it to you. So this is where this comes from. I love Psalms 118. I'm going to read a little bit of it to you. Because it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures for a few minutes. Forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his love endures forever. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and he answered me by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I cut them off. They swarmed around me like bees. But they died out as quickly as burning thorns. Has anybody ever felt like this? In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. 
I was pushed back and about to fall. But the Lord helped me. Anybody ever felt like that? Feel like you were pushed back and pushed down and you're almost off your feet. But God says, hey, here, let me stand you back up. He said, I'll stand you up in my righteousness and in my goodness and in my holiness. And then it says this, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my Yeshua, my salvation. Isn't that powerful? Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. So here they're reading through this because they know the prophecy of Zechariah and it's getting ready to get really, really good, right? Because he's getting ready to say, the Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. But open for me the gates of righteousness and I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter and I will give you thanks for you answered me. And you have become my Yeshua, my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. And then it goes to where they're starting to say something about it. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Oh Lord, save us. Oh Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God and he has made his light to shine upon us. Now watch this. Here's Yeshua. Here's Jesus coming into town. And they start laying their robes and they start laying their palm branches and they're saying the Psalms 118. He, Lord has become my salvation. He's become my Yeshua. And God's salvation himself is riding a donkey just as Zechariah had proclaimed, going down the streets. And as they're doing it, they're waving these palm branches. And mind you, on a colt that's not even broke, man. Talk about a horse whisperer. About a donkey whisperer, and he still whispers to donkeys a day. I've heard him whisper to me a few times. <laughs> right? But here he is. He's going through and, and going through town, and they're waving, and they're shouting, and they're singing. They're singing this song, and they're going, Hosanna, Hosanna, Baruch, Abashim, and Adonai. Hosanna, Hosanna, Baruch, Abashim. Hashem at Adonai. They're saying, save us, I beseech you. Save us now. We need salvation and we're ready for you and we're ready for you to bring your armies and wipe all these dudes out. Save us, I beseech you, and save us our way. How many of us tell God how to save us? Is it just us? Because, see, God had a plan to save him, but he wasn't going to save him from the outside. 
He was going to save them from the inside out. So much of the time we're looking on the outside for our salvation when we have salvation right here inside of us. The kingdom of God is inside of you. You have the Christ Jesus in you. You have Messiah Yeshua in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But can you imagine the power of that day? Of that Palm Sunday with those palms in this cult. Like, he wasn't scared. He wasn't looking at it. He was like, I got the King of Kings on me. I got the Lord of Lords on me. I got Yeshua. God's salvation. He's like, there's no way this dude's coming off. Well, I don't know if donkeys go to hell, but I ain't chancing it. Right? And here he goes through. Hosanna, Hosanna. Baruch Ababa Shemet Adonai. Save us now. I beg you. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. How many of us feel like that sometimes? It's like life just is dragging, like there's storms raging, like it's winds blowing out there right now. And it doesn't seem like, like it's going to get any better. It might blow worse before it's over. But we can have peace on the inside. We can have assurance on the inside to know that he can calm the storm. And he can make a way where there seems to be no way. Because see, he just didn't set them free. He set them free. And the Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that's good news, right? Because of the blood of the Lamb. God wants to do great things in our life. He wants to do things that we never imagined, but he wants to start in our hearts. He wants to work in our hearts and say, man, I'm going to create and do a new thing in your life if you'll just trust me. Will you just surrender to me? Like, I'm already saved. Yeah, I've been saved too, but there's certain things that I don't want to surrender. Right? It's like, we're going to wrestle over this, bud. But are we going to trust him? Are we going to trust him like a donkey? Going through what probably seemed like hell for him. Flapping and stuff on the ground. He's like, I'm carrying the Messiah. And we can carry him with us too. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.